just heard Chapter 3, Book 71 of One... Hey everybody, let's get the sentimental journey up and running. Hi everybody, I'm Wong Hughes here. Music, hopefully. There we go. Hey, we did it. <laughs> Hi everybody, I'm Wong. It is Saturday night. Wait, it's July the 23rd, year 2011. Hope you're all doing super well. We have a monthly presentation from Dwayne Killstrip and a monthly presentation from the Radio Historical Association of Colorado. But first, let's say a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for all the blessings we have as a country, as a nation. Bless everybody who do you well. Bless the listeners, supporters of the station. Help those who are handling the terrible heat this time of the year for many people. And look after those who might be having personal, financial, or emotional problems. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I want to write on the 310 to you. Hi, friends. Once again, this is Frankie Lane. I want you to know that you're listening to Dr. Dwayne Kielstrup, good friend of mine, on Yesterday USA. In the heart of Texas, welcome to Song and Smile Time on Classics and Curios. Song and Smile Time will showcase a variety of special vintage entertainment, such as collector comedy from old-time radio, great bands from the 20s through the 40s, and classic singers and groups from the 50s. On occasion, we'll spotlight classic country and cowboy recordings, as well as music, interviews, and backstage stories from the archives of the late and beloved DJ Eddie Hubbard, including Eddie's wonderful big band browsers shows spanning over a quarter century in radio history. Well, as you know, uh, lots of shows are called special, and if special means far beyond good, then today's show is truly special. Why? Because it features the legendary DJ Eddie Hubbard, a close friend of Frankie Lane's, by the way. Old-time radio from the Rockies.
Hello, this is Fred Hobbs. I'm speaking to you from the radio studios of RHAC, the Radio Historical Association of Colorado. And we're here to bring you interviews, historical information, book reviews, events, and fun for all on old-time radio, especially related to the Rocky Mountain region because that's where we're located. This time, first we're going to present a favorite story. In fact, that's the title of the show that we're going to present with Ronald Coleman as the host and Janet Waldo, well-known old-time radio actor, as the star of this particular production called The Mystery of Room 323. It's a program from 1947, and ordinarily at this time we would say it's from CBS or NBC, whatever network, but... This actually is what we call a syndicated show. What is that? We'll tell you about that, and also about our second feature. So we, when, we can, when we can repay you in some sort, like, I'm glad I can send you some stuff that you are, because we can't just keep on taking from you, and you're, you're so giving, it's amazing, you know. And Walden has a, has a great way of making people like us jealous, because, oh, guess what? <laughs> With the amount of people that you eat with, you must be really overweight. <laughs> Good one. Good one, Ron. <laughs> you also, guess who I eat with? Guess who I'm going to eat with tomorrow? Well, just get before, get before I call Patricia out behind the treadmill, figuring I better walk off these next calories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. You, know, and you have to pretty push your treadmill wheels pretty fast because you got to just... Get off whatever, oh, all the pounds that you've been putting on. Yeah. We'll get him. We'll get him a giant gerbil wheel. <laughs> and by the way, I I hope, Walden, I hope that you mention our names to uh, drop our names to Janet Waldo and Garvin Millen and all these other people that you, that that um, they know that we they have admirers besides you who know personally <laughs> that we who listen. Um, like, they don't know who we are, but they say, oh, there's a person named Hawaii from Hawaii that loves you. And uh-huh. I hope you let them know. Don't keep it all to you. <laughs> well, think of the advantages I have. I get to get these nice big hugs from all these pretty gals in my life. Now, there is a setup. You can say, and this one is from Ron. Uh-huh. And this one is from Nolan. Uh-huh. And this one is, you could spend your whole afternoon hugging. I like that. This is good. That's a good angle. Ron, that's a dynamite idea. I know. (laughs) I'm I'm making an effort to go to Seattle because I want to show who's boss. Oh. And, you know, Patricia, save your pennies and hopefully, hopefully you come to Seattle. We really give Walden a bad time, you know what I mean? Four quarts of pennies saved. That would be so much fun, you know. I can imagine us. The place would never be the same. It would never be the same. We'd we'd take over and and then all of a sudden they said, you know what, next time we'll just invite Ron and Patricia up to (laughs) Seattle. That's a good trip because, you know, we, we produce 
the, the showcase in Seattle, and Brian and I always look for something big and unique and something different. So, if anybody has a request, if they want something to perform, you know, uh, throw, throw some ideas at me the next six months or so. We're, we're always looking for something fun and unique that the actors will shake their head out. You want me to do this? You know, like uh, do a Broadway show, you know, something like that. So, anybody has any ideas? I'm always looking for fun stuff to have to do live on stage. Did they did they update their uh, rap showcase by putting in a meet me in St. Louis yet or not yet? No, no. I think everything is still uh, the last three years. A lot of the th- last three years are up on the rap showcase site. So nothing for this year yet. Uh-huh. Okay. So. Well, anyway, you guys keep up the Christmas spirit. And I know. We'll keep on listening to you, and, and uh, have a good night. You too, Ron. Thank you, Ron. Bye-bye. And we love you. Aloha. Aloha, Ron. 714-545-2071. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. We're giving group hugs here. Ah, uh, that's what hugs we like. Good. That's what we like. One big happy family around here, a, a group hug to, to everybody. Oh, now, see, I let Ron escape without answering a question. We don't even know the theme. We don't oh, know. Oh, we don't even know the theme yet. Uh, we don't know nothing. I know. So give out the phone number, and then I'll read stuff. 714-545-2071. Stuff. 714. And stuff like that there. Hello there. You're on the air. Yeah, it's Kurt. Hey, Kurt, how are you? How are you? Okay. Good. How, do you have news for us today? Um, no, just, uh, it was a kind of difficult week in some ways. Uh, it's, you know, it's one day to the next. So, um, Walden, you were talking last uh, week yeah. about something that you thought was, um, that you thought was tied up with Hanukkah, which I think is actually tied up tied in with Passover. Okay, I, I, I knew one or the other. Which is they, they set the place for Elijah at, at the Passover. Right, and then the, don't they send the youngest out to look for, for to look to see if Elijah is there, right? I'm not sure about that, but I know that there is an extra I know that there is an extra place okay. set for, for Elijah for that. That's what I try to remember. I knew it was one of the two. Yeah. Good. And uh, the word that you were talking about, the one about the guts and all that stuff, it is pronounced awful, actually. <laughs> just it actually is. like you thought. It, it was just like I said. Yep. Awful. Yep. <laughs> and yes, it is. I, you know, perhaps they just gave it a good spelling because... No, that's the way they spell it. That's, I mean, that does have a very, it it's, does have a very specific meaning. But yeah, that's how it's, that's how it's pronounced. Well, I, I'm, I'm thinking all of our words had to come from somewhere. Yes. And the word awful is, is a good start for what they were yeah, yeah. trying that's, to pass that's, off. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, wouldn't you think the word awful been only around for the last hundred or so years? No. Huh. Oh. No, because, no, because when you think about it, mm-hmm. um, and you, th- you think about how long this, the especially in, in, in that, the, that connection, mm-hmm. they've been rendering stuff down for hundreds of years, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and somebody happened to mention on a religious program that I was, because I'd never really thought about, mm-hmm. you know, what a priest does, did, 
back in the in the very olden days for for Jews. Right. And you know, then they had to work with blood and stuff all day. I know. Day. Yeah. I mean, it was a very. It wasn't the. You know, these days, if if a pastor has to, you know, do something something extra, it's something extra, not something terrible. And, right. And it's not, you know, again, not like it used to be. I was looking. I was currently going through the five books again and just looking through all the mosaic laws and all the uh, all the ritual co- covenants that the all the rabbis had to, you know, the ministers had to do. It's yes, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um. Um, are you going to have any questions this time? Patricia! Are you going to have questions? Of course we have uh, questions. We have because uh, you actually gave me an idea of a show that I started to listen to years ago and then um, somehow forgot about or something. And, and so there is a show that actually I am, I am going to want if and when I answer a question. Because <laughs> you guys were talking about information, please, last week. Yes. Uh-huh. And, of course... You were talking about how smart the panel was right. and how smart the audience was. Yes. And it got me to thinking about how much more the people back in those days really knew because they were taught such a wider range, actually, of material. And, the, you know, the, the, the people today you know, are not taught in nearly the same way. No, I totally agree. And uh, and so listening to a program like that, especially if you're, you know, a person that knows at least some of it so you don't feel like a total idiot. No, and you can jump up and say, oh, I know that. You I know, know. Oh, yeah, I know that one, and yeah. And with face Kurt, with your background, you would definitely appreciate Oh, I, yes. Oh, I, man. Well, I, not only that, but I was also looking on, on, a, on a different site at some of the some of the people whose whose voices, you know, you hear, you know, C.S. Forrester and yep. and people that, that that we don't know what they sounded like. That's true. Because they didn't record anything. And then other people who get amazed that you would ever expect to be on that kind, like the boxer Gene Tunney. Yeah. You know, different people like that who are absolute. Yeah. Smart. He uh, was so smart. Mm-hmm. And what did, what did he do? He put his face out there to get his brain speed out. Oh, well, but... It doesn't make any sense. Well, but, but you know, but he was good at it. Oh, yeah. And he and he was able to, you know, and he was able to, um, you know, to do stuff later to mm-hmm. justify, you know, the belief in, in not only about what he could do, but what he knew. And I think that's great. Anyway, information um, please. Great show. Yeah, yeah. I love, if you ever if you have if you haven't read uh, John Dunning write up about it in, on the air, it's he got a fascinating story how that show got put together. I really it? wish that they. I mean, I know it's a huge project, and God knows it'll probably never happen. But I wish that they could put on the air on the um, on the on the bar download site. Ah. I wish you know. I wish they could take it from cassettes and put it on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that we, so that everybody, so that I, th- I think now, I think it's some of it's up on Wikipedia. I think parts of it. So you know, at least that's a verbal. I'll have to, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll have to look into that. Mm-hmm. I will. But um, other than that, I was listening to the uh, CBS coverage, um, the D-Day coverage from the internet, which um, actually 
uh, I know that there's better sounding. I have somewhere around this apartment because I bought the CDs from from Radio Archives, but God knows I can't find them <laughs> of the uh, of the D-Day stuff. Um, you know that they put out on CD. I'm going to have to look around for it because it sounded much better. But uh, listening to the Norman Corwin uh, thing on uh, Carl on Sandberg. Oh yeah. And um, yeah. Oh, which reminds me. Yes. Uh, I we owe you a great deal of thanks uh, for the whole Corwin, um, the undecided molecule, and also. Uh, playing the original on a note of triumph, and we hold these truths. Yeah, I was just thinking, cause you don't hear too, too often the original version of on a note of triumph. We you never always, do. You, you hear the replay. I had never heard. I had never heard the original. Mm. I only heard the replay. Mm. And uh, even the thing is, even if I had had known that the, you know had come across the original, if somebody had said, "Oh, well, we have on a note of triumph." course i would have thought oh yeah it's the it's the replay mm-hmm. and not even thought that it was the original yeah so and, and norman believes in his heart that the original is better than the replay right yeah you said that mm-hmm. now you also said that that groucho cracked keenan went up yes but is that on the recording yes all right I, I, in fact i'll go look for it and we'll play it because I, I, I actually downloaded it last night and was going to listen to it. And it's at the very end, right? Yeah. 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 I'll have to listen to it and see because um, I've been doing some stuff and I had some computer problems and, and um, my, uh, my, C, my uh, DVDs wouldn't copy. And it would get to 77% and stop. And it was just, it was eight about three of my discs. So, because um, I had an external drive, but it died. And so. I actually have been able to coax it back to life and was able to move stuff and do stuff. Anyway, do we have a question this week? Well, we do. What is on your wish list if you happen to answer the question? Um, information, please. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've got a, a fair number of them, and I just love them to pieces. Let's yes, see here. Large motorcycle or some kind of car just went by. You heard that. That's what that was. Oh, is that what that was? That's what that was. Oh, I had... Oh, by the way, did... That was... Ron, did he ever find out about the uh, changing speeds that he was... I sent him the the link, but I didn't hear back, and I forgot to ask him about it, and I don't even recall. Ron, if you're listening, did you get the link? And was it useful to you? Because... um, you know, I went to the page, Kurt, and it was a little bit confusing, even for me. It, yeah, well, I have the, I like have the program, well. and um, I, I played with it to see, you know, what, uh, and the results that I got were kind of variable, and it actually did speed stuff up, but it also sped it up with a change in the pitch of the voice. And so I was involved in a, I'm always in, you know, I, I get involved in so many different things. And then, you know, and so I, I didn't have a special reason to, to pursue it at the time. And so I didn't really play with, I mean, I played with it enough to know that it could be done. But I didn't really, you know, do that much with it. Okay, I found the undecided molecule. Why don't I cue the, why don't I pop this in? And we wind the backward, and I'll show you what happened to poor Keenan Wynn. 
And this is a classic, everybody. Remember, this is live radio. Norman Corwin's show, The Undecided Molecule, which was done in Ryan. And we did it in L.A. in May. And we, uh, we had a great time with a great cast. So let's just rewind it here. Just give me a second, everybody. Okay, give me a second. Let me just rewind. Let me turn this down. This is Yesterday USA, that's Patricia, I'm call- we're talking to Kirk, and we're talking about the undecided molecule and what happened to poor Groucho Marx when he broke up King Wen. Here we go. Back suicidal. By the way, have you ever an hour that's idle? Your Honor, my client has something to say. I could meet you, uh, what's that about X again, eh? He's ready, I said. Well, let him go ahead. Uh, X says as follows. I'm glad to know the awful truth. Man has such woe, forsooth, forsooth. What philosophy. Yet what he's done, proud hands can clap. He's beaten the Hun and Will the Jap. He flies the air just like a smew and swims for fair like the Incanoo. Yes, like the Incanoo. He has a soul. He reads Descartes. Like me, his goal is a thing apart. He's learned to kill the harmful bug by serum pill and sulfur drug. He beats the band and goes to school to understand the molecule. You're the rascals. In face of odds, he makes his way. Gives birth to quads, builds TVA. Displays his charms, plays blindfold chess, listens to Brahms and CBS. Mm, CBS, of course. The common guy both thinks and feels. Nothing's too high for his ideals. Though it cost him sadly to put down jerk. Please. He's not done badly. Look at his works. For all his pains, we owe him thanks. I do gladly join his ranks. The human flock has golden fleece, grace to its stock and lasting peace. Oh, splendid. What a moving speech. I had thought X a worm, a leech. But now I see he's a regular fellow. He's twanged me so I quiver like jello. Oh, joy, oh, rapture, fields of clover. Looks to me like trial's over. Quite so. My dear X, forgive the digression, but I'm sure you'll be happy in your chosen profession. As for you, Miss Hanama, you were great. It's slightly extra legal, but... Uh, have you a date for later in the evening? Do you like to dance? Have you any marked tendency toward romance? I have. But what about the wife you seldom beat? And the children you have mentioned who grovel at your feet? Ho, ho, ho! Mere rhetoric and figmentary frippery. The legal mind behaves this way. It's, it's very smooth and slippery when arguing. I have no wife or any such a fixture. In that case, I will marry you, as in a Class B picture. We'll create a happy ending, plus two children of each sex. To be a part of one of them, uh, shall we invite friend X? Magnificent idea, that. Is our future child agreed? X says indeed. And ask you speed your visit to the Reverend so we can have a life to lead and bring this to a clever end. Hooray, I thought you'd never end. Will the court musicians kindly advance to the mic and play a wedding dance? And then after that, please segue and sally into a sort of a kind of finale. You have been listening to The Undecided Molecule, a rhymed fantasy written and directed and produced by Norman Corwin for CBS as the third of eight programs in the series Columbia Presents Corwin. Carmen Dragon composed the music, Lud Gluskin conducted. That gifted man, Robert Benchley, appeared as the interpreter for the molecule. And you can see me soon in the Paramount picture, Duffy's Tavern. If 
was Norman Lloyd who did that wonderful work as the highly competent official clerk. Quiet. Oliver Wendell Groucho Marx appeared as the judge. And I'm going to be together with my brothers on the stage and screen again in a night in Casablanca. Some one of these nights. Good night. Vincent Price is the prosecutor with convincing and smooth and even flick. And you can catch me soon in 20th Fox's Dragon Wick. It was Sylvia Sidney who convinced the molecule that being a human being can be fun. And if you'd like to see more of me, I'm appearing in a new film entitled Blood on the Sun. I, Keenan Wynn, in sound mind and body, I object, performed as the counsel for the defense of molecule. And to give you an idea how versatile I am, I was also the spokesman for the vegetable mineral. <laughs> And that's what happened to poor King Wynn. I never noticed that. I, he really lost it. He lost it. I mean, whatever the last thing he was going to say, he didn't even hear. No. No. And so Norman was not happy with that. Well, well, wasn't part of the script. Well, no, but you said that he was that he was still mad about it. <laughs> well, well, hey, you know he. Well, I can understand. Yeah. I think it added a whole lot of character. I had heard that before. I heard the ending before mm -hmm. and knew when, as soon as you queued it up, what um, I was yeah. going to hear, and I just loved it. It was so memorable. It was. I mean, and, well, not only that, but, but you know, when you listen, when you listen to, to, to Corwin's writing as it was, because, you know, I mean, obviously he wrote all, I assume, I mean, he wrote everything that the, that the actors said. Yeah, he wrote that one week, everybody. Yeah. I mean, um, I had on my computer, he actually sent me a, uh, I had sent him greetings mm -hmm. a, a few birthdays ago, and he sent me something, uh, a birthday, a, a note, and then, months later, he sent me a second note, because he happened to, to have come across the note again and seen it on the computer, and this was quite a long time ago, and um, my computer, unfortunately, ate the, uh, the email, but... Um, <laughs> Like I said, I mean, his his work has always been, um, you know, he, he was, for doing word pictures and for doing, you know, he was the best. And it is really too bad that, uh, that all of his work is not out, you know, is not well preserved. Because, I, I mean, there's, I, I guess most of it is, but there's still quite a bit that... Uh, you know, and, and, and when I saw him two weeks ago, he still, he loved the idea of doing a new series that we're going to produce starting next year because he gets to, he gets to, he gets to try and make it better. I think that's, I think that's wonderful. I mean, here's a man who's written, who likes dirty work, who's in, you know, stuff yes. is in the National Archive, it considers some of the great works in American literature, and he still wants to make it better. Yep, yeah, and I think that, I think that, uh, and I mean, you talk about you. You talk about erudite. I mean, uh -huh. he just. Um, and, and, and he said he he didn't go to college. He didn't do any of that. It was right, just, right. But see, but see, most of those people were educated mm -hmm. in the classics as it was, mm -hmm. even in even going to high school. And that's why, like I said, so many of the of your of those people on all these different shows. Now I have to say that I. I got some uh, It Pays to Be Ignorant shows. 
from the internet and it doesn't well they're kind of funny but i do not understand i mean they they're not you know it's, they're not it's not the same they're it's not information please no it's not and they're not they're they're in they're kind of interesting uh-huh. but uh, it's, it's certainly not the same kind of, of listening experience. Yeah. I've never been much into slapstick-type comedy. No, me, me either. It's um, wasted on me, and I, it, it's not a criticism of the art form. I just don't enjoy it or appreciate it, so I, something like it pays to be ignorant is lost on me because I can't locate my sense of humor button for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Okay, do we have a question? We've got loads of questions. What are you in the mood for tonight? Christmas or old-time radio? Uh, anything I can win at. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> oh, this, this is good. <laughs> Nobody ever said that. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it doesn't get any more honest than that. No, it doesn't. Okay, Andy Devine appears at Jack Benny's Christmas party on December 24, 1944. What famous role did Andy Devine play in a juvenile Western series? Um, was he Wild Bill Hickok? No, what was he? Wait a minute, let me think. What was the name of that show? You're halfway there. Um, Jingles. Um, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Wild Bill Hickok, you're absolutely oh, right. It was the Wild Bill Hickok show. Yeah. Guy Madison played Wild Bill Hickok, and Jingles was his sidekick. Ah, okay. Do you know what Jingles' last name is? I mean, you got you got your seat. No, um, it's not like Divine or some. I don't know. No, I don't. Jones. Jingles Jones. Would you believe that? Jingles Jones. No, no. I. I oh, you wouldn't. Was believe? that on TV? Because I don't remember. I mean, I remember. I've, I have some of the shows, but I don't actually know if I've ever really listened to them. But, um, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I will go back and find some, though. I, I have some. Suppose I, I put together your information, please, and I kind of tuck in a, a handful of Wild Bill Hickox. Yeah, that's fine, cause, because depending on how many, it, it's, it's not going to fill the CD anyway. So, yeah, you can just, you know throw, you know, whatever. But yeah, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Wild Bill Hickok has not had a home in a very long time. Somebody has not asked for that in a very long time. So he will appreciate being able to go visit. I'm Yes, I'm, I'm sure he will. And by the way, I was trying to think, I, because I like your, I like your, uh, your statement, Patricia, that you make your ears smile. And I, we need to, you need to, to figure out a logo for that, but I don't know what it would look like. <laughs> yeah, pretty awful if you put a smile on ears. Well, you can wear, the ears can wear Mickey Mouse ears. If we started with Dumbo, I guess we could. I don't know. I was just just something to think about, you know. Yeah. But um, anyway, you guys, you have done uh, a great job, and like I said, Walden, you've done your your Corwin last week, and. Um, um, and playing the interview with uh, uh, Bob Bailey's daughter. Wasn't that fun? And Oh, yeah. I was re-listening to that last Sunday, and I learned even some more than, uh, than I'd forgotten about. It was, it, was a, it was a good chance to play. I missed it! Oh, oh no! Oh. Well, 
actually, have you have you have you thought about putting out a podcast or something? I I wish. Well, I I wish we. Actually, there's somebody who does record a site that throws it out there on the net. I don't know what the website is. Yeah, uh, uh, there are I, there are some. Well, but, I forget the guy's name. It's something Humphreys or something. Dennis Humphrey or Humphreys that does. Yeah, he but he podcasts. Yeah, he podcasts the, the tape shows. But, yeah, he does a lot of I a think, lot of. I think there are people who actually record the live shows. Hmm. And I. Oh, and I don't I don't know if they are they still creating new. Uh, downloads for the iPods? Uh, I mean, the, the podcast. If they do, I think what they do, the guy lives in Richardson, and so about every six months he'll drop by Bill and pick, so it can be very sporadic. So I don't know if there's been anything up in the, in the last year or so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's been there. I think they signed off about two years ago. Wow. And, and by the way, one of the, the places you were mentioning, the original um, uh, favorite story. Yeah. And one, I know one of the original sources, because he's played some on his show, uh, was uh, Jerry Hendigas. Uh-huh, correct. And that's who I'm having transfer um, Janet this, and these favorite stories are before the network broadcast. Yes, yes. So, so he, he is... Um, he yeah, the did, ones that were for, he did that they did for Bullocks. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, um, they've put up some more shows up on the uh, radio archives for anybody who wants to go up there and, and wants to buy them to download them. I know they put up Claudia, like, part five or something. I don't know how many, do you know how many original, how many shows there were of that altogether? You know, I never heard of the show until they started releasing it, and they said it's starting 47, and I have no idea. Because they're, they're up to, like, they're up to, like, uh, series five or mm-hmm. something like that, and uh, so... I don't know, and apparently they have the entire run, or at least yeah. that's the, the what I hear. It's amazing considering yeah. how much, you know, just think, in the radio hobby, in the general collector's hand, I guess there was about 200 shows. Now, estimated we're up to 250,000 shows. Yeah. Oh, one more thing before I go. I w- was listening to this um, uh, CBS D-Day coverage. Mm-hmm. And they had a show called The Light of the World. Right. Um, You recognize who who does the billboard? um, No, but I thought one of the characters in the one that I heard, I thought Alexander Scorby was was in that show. Well, the the guy who does the billboard, Brett Morrison, the guy who played the shadow. Oh, no, okay. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's any of those others. That's it. We only got that one. You're kidding. No. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. And, and I think, it, if I recall, I was sponsored by Goodyear Tire, and they never ran a commercial. They got they, they got a billboard. Or no, is that the greatest story under? No, that's the greatest story that was ever told. Yeah, yeah. And that Goodyear Tires sponsored the series, but never ran never ran a commercial. Yeah. Well, if. So nobody has any of the light of the world nope. except that one story. Just that one. Just that. Just that one. One. One show actually. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, great work, and um, I will be listening and and may check back later. I don't know yet, but keep up the good work, Sounds and good. Uh, I will talk to you next week. Sounds great, Kurt. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Kurt. Isn't that something, Patricia, to think about? Sponsors that they, in a lot of cases, you can look back on old radio, that 
they would be sponsoring shows uh, either for brand identification or for uh, just for the goodwill for the community and not really even stick in a 60-second commercial. Hello there, you're on the air. Hi, Walden. Hello, Patricia. Hi, Jim. Oh, hi, Jim. I just said to Walden this week we haven't heard from Jim. How are you? Yeah, well, I'm doing fine. The last few weeks, people have been, you know, I have I have the phone, but it's also a house phone, and people sometimes use it and things like that. You ought to go on a rotating schedule. But I uh, wanted to mention a couple of things. First of all, Walden's right. The greatest story ever told was kind of unique in that sense, that the announcer would simply say at the beginning that it was sponsored by Goodyear, and at the end he would say it. But the stories just ran straight. Um, it was very well acted. A lot of prominent people were on that show. And it's much for about nine years or something, uh, 47 right? to 56, Sunday nights on ABC. Nine years, wow. Norman Rose narrated it for a while. Ted Pearson narrated it. Warren Parker played the part of Christ. And for years, no one knew who he was. You know, it was sort of kept... The cast was never given on-the-air credit, but if you know OTR, you know many of the voices. Everyone who was anybody, like Ralph Bell was in it, Santos Ortega, uh, Robert, da- Robert Dryden, uh, Wendell Holmes played the Apostle Peter, mm-hmm. who you hear on Dimension X and some of those shows. And uh, you had uh, Robert Reddick did a couple of them. It was a, And uh, what it generally was was... They would take, the titles would have something like The Lost Coin, and it would be based on the parable of The Lost Coin. Mm-hmm. Or there might, there's one of the stories I have was called The Calling of Matthew, on how Matthew became one of Christ's disciples. Or there might, there was one very good one that I would recommend called Call Not Any Man a Fool, which dealt with a father's relationship with his son. And uh, it, was, it was a very intelligent show I understand, according to John Dunning, uh, it was used in Sunday school and church work. Uh, many churches, would, uh, people would listen to the program and discuss the program the next week in their Sunday school classes. Yeah, it, radio did that, because I think in the 30, didn't they offer, was it NBC that offered an hour Monday through Friday uh, uh, a musical appreciation show? Um, I'm trying to think of the orchestra conductor who would describe different instruments and different pieces. Yeah, some, Walter Damrock. Walter, Walter Damrock, and this was run in schools who didn't have the abilities to teach a music appreciation. Uh, they, NBC didn't have any ads or anything and ran it during, uh, in the morning for schools to pick it up. Right, and I know CBS also had a show called the CBS School of the Air, which was used for education, Different, and it would be a different theme each day. One day it might be history, one day geography, one day music. Mm-hmm. School of the Air ran, I think, till 48. It started like in 1930. I don't have any recordings of it, but I've heard it mentioned. And in regards to the light of the world, to my knowledge, there are, <coughs> excuse me, there are three, three episodes that are known to exist. The one from June 6th, 44, and the one from June 7th of 44. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, that's right, Kurt. So keep running the next day with the day, correct. I didn't think about that. 
And then, the, according to the Radio Gold Index, he ha, he has December eighth of forty one, an episode from you know Monday af, after Pearl Harbor. Right. Which I know someday we hope someday that all that NBC coverage might be available. Well, it is free. Anybody anybody can go down to the National Archive, and you can take your own tape recorder and make your own copies of all that stuff. So if we have a friend who lives in the uh, Washington D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, you can go down there for free and get one your tape recorder and make copies of of the of the Pearl Harbor, the D-Days, the different coverage that they have at the National Archive for free. Oh, the archives have the ABC Radio News archive covering ABC Radio News from 43 to 72. Wow. And I don't know about, and I think they have the Mutual News archive there. And the Library of Congress, of course, has a lot of NBCs. Right. And I don't know about CBS, who has CBSs. CBS did not really keep it. In fact, that's sort of the big tragedy. They didn't. The, the only reason why we have so much CBS World coverage, uh, they allowed a station in Seattle to record it and play it back later. And that's There's the, the time difference. Right. Yeah, they, they ran it early in the morning for the East Coast, and of course, and it would be like four or five in the morning Seattle time. And so they were given permission to record it and run it back later. That's the reason why we have so much. That's the only reason why we had any CBS coverage. Cairo. Yes, Cairo. And that's why some of the early suspenses from 42, by the way, also come from Cairo. Uh-huh. Uh, the one, the Orson Welles one, I under, the one, the Hitchhiker, I believe, is a Cairo recording. Mm-hmm. And a couple of those. Um, I don't know about uh, other lines of the world. I, I haven't checked other logs, but, you know, it, it's not one you see that often. Uh, the two that are available that we know about, on June 6th, it dealt with just different they would dramatize different verses like Abraham and Isaac and some of the Psalms, but the uh, the one on June 7th was a story from either 1st or 2nd Kings about, I believe her name was Ephaliah, she was one of Jezebel's daughters. And, wow. and General Mills sponsored the Light of the World. Wow. And of course they also, General Mills also had that hour in the afternoons, like on VJ Day and D Day, where they one of the programs you remember they had was called Hymns of All Churches, which was a very inspirational program. Absolutely. Yeah, and I agree with your your previous caller that uh, Information Please was a very intelligent show, and uh, it was it was just amazing to me. That people knew, you know, the, those kind of answers, and and it, and it was a real, and you know, the experts were seldom stumped. The funniest story I ever heard, according to John Dunning, though, was one time Rex Stout was the guest, and he they asked him a question about one of his books, and he didn't even remember the answer. <laughs> that was funny to me. I have that show in the collection, and it. He he just was not abashed at all. It didn't.